Good? Amen. God is good. I'm glad for what God is doing, what he's going to do. Praise the Lord. And I'm excited about the service tonight. And uh, we're just going to go forward in the name of Jesus. This morning, we were talking about the nine plagues. And uh, I just felt like the Lord was going to have me go on into um, the Exodus. And so what I'm going to minister to you tonight for just the help of the Lord on here just a little bit was exiting Egypt. I'm going to talk about exiting Egypt. Y'all remember when the Israelites exited Egypt? Praise God. Exodus 11 and 1 for the scripture text says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. This, this last plague is what's going to do. It's going to take care of it. Afterwards, he will let you go. Hence, when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out. Hence, altogether, think about that. Praise God. He won't let him go through nine plagues. And on the tenth plague, he shoved him out. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight about exiting Egypt. Dear Lord, we love you, God, and praise you. And like I said in my prayers tonight, God, I thank you for the people of God that love you and will gather on a Sunday night to hear the word of the Lord. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch God and to help me, dear Lord, to minister to them your word. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise and glory and honor for all that you've done, all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. You know, God is the same all the time because God knows everything. There's nothing that God can learn. You see, you and I, we have to learn. You know, I'm standing, there are times just about a couple weeks ago, I said to myself, Boy, if I only knew when I was a little boy what I know now. I wouldn't have had to work through all them impurities. I wouldn't have had to work through all that. I would have been more sure of myself than ever before if I would have known as a little boy. How many of you ever thought that? If I would have only known when I was a little boy or a little girl what I know now. Praise God. I would never have questioned principles. I would have never questioned those things. I would have just lived it. I would have not been so worried about life. I would not have been worried about things becoming okay. I would have trusted the Lord more, you know. But see, we live and learn. But God does not live and learn. God knows everything. Everything. He doesn't have to learn anything. And so because of that, the ways of God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for the last 6,000 years, he has been the same. When he created Adam in the garden, he's got the same character. He's got the same ideas. He's got the same thoughts. He's got the same patterns. And because he does, we can learn from the word of God something that happened 4,000 years ago. We can learn about it today and know that 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 is how God is going to deal with us. Because you see, God's got a pattern. He's got a plan. Hebrews is filled with God's patterns and his plans. Praise God. So the way that God operates is always the same. And so we can go from bad as a person to good or good to bad because we learn and we change. But God never changes. 
Our ideas and our thoughts are always changing. And I would like to say, I hope so. I know people whose thoughts and ideas never change. They're always the same. They never learn. They always do things the same. They always bounce off the wall the same. They always make the same mistakes because they never learn and change. Change is good. If someone's ever said to you, you're different, look at them and say, thank God. I'm not the same. Praise God. And so we change, but God does not change. So we have to understand in the Old Testament that when Israel was brought out of Egypt, it was a similarity of us coming out of the world. And when Israel walked through the wilderness, it was a similarity of a Christian living in a world today. And when Israel crossed over into Canaan's land or the promised land, it was an example or a similarity to us going to heaven. So when we look at what God did for Israel, he brought Israel through salvation just like he brings you and I through salvation. Amen. Israel was under bondage. They were in slavery. They were poor. They were sickly. They were in tons of trouble. They were a servant. But the Bible said, amen, that God came and he delivered them. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 17, it said, But God be thanked that we were servants to sin. You see, they were servants to the Egyptians. And because they were servants to the Egyptians, they had to be delivered. And God wanted to deliver them. And the way that God delivered them was, he told Moses, he said, I want you to take a lamb. He said, and I want you to bring the lamb in on the third day. I want you to watch it until the tenth day. I want it to be a pure lamb. He said, I want you to kill that lamb. I want you to roast it. He said, I want you to take that blood. And I want you to put the blood upon the door post and upon what's called the lentil or the top post. And he said, that lamb and that blood is going to be a savior to you. Because when I cross over Egypt, and when I kill the firstborn, the firstborn, many, many nations, and if you read the Old Testament, many of them offered their firstborn children to different gods. And I mean literally offered them, killed them, fed them to the the alligators and etc., Praise the Lord, because they were offering their firstborn. And so the Lord said, I'm going to take the firstborn. I just was out of curiosity. How many is firstborn in here today? One, two, three, four, five. Amen. All the rest of you not firstborn. So there would be five out of us that would be gone. Die. Amen. And so he said, the firstborn is going to die. But he said it's upon the blood, upon the post, and upon the lentil. And that's where we sing that song out of Exodus. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. Praise God. Because it was that blood that saved them from death inside that house that day. And the Lord said, I want you to take that blood and I want you to put it upon the doorpost and upon the lentil. 
because we know that blood, amen, and death means more of separation than anything. Anytime we think of blood, death, we think of somebody that died or somebody that was separated. But when Adam said, when God said to Adam, he said, the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Praise God. In Genesis, he told him that. And when he told him that in Genesis, amen, he told him that, and he didn't nearly drop over, but he was separated from God. And because death was started, death was going to go on. But Romans tells us in Romans 6 and 17, but God be thanked that we were servants of sin, but yet we obeyed from the heart. And from the doctrine which was delivered unto you. Amen. When I look up that word servant, I see it talks about us being a servant of God. A servant of our brother. Paul says, I'm a servant unto you. But I never find, and you may, but I never found where it talked about we were a servant to Satan. Amen. Because a servant, it says uh, a, a servant is somebody that we serve because we want to. We're not a slave. We're a servant. But it does say that we are servants to sin. When we're in the world and when we're worldly, we're servants of sin. But the Bible tells us, amen, that we were under the bondage of the Egyptians. And just like the, the Israelites were under the bondage of the Egyptians, we were under the bondage of this world. And this world is not our home. We're just a passing through, praise God. And we're a bondage to that. The Israelites were a bondage, and we're a bondage. And God was using it as a type, amen, of what was to come. He was showing us what we would be like. Just like the Israelites would mark them post and mark that lentil with the blood. When that death angel or that separating angel came by and he looked upon the blood on the post and the blood on the lentil. The Bible said he passed that house and death or separation did not come to that house. Praise God. In verse 3, it tells us that they took a lamb and put it upon the blood, upon the doorpost and upon the lentil. Praise God. Amen. And that verse uh, verse 9 says, amen, or I'm sorry, verse 6, 3 says, he said, tell them to take that lamb. And then in Genesis, it told us that, uh, praise God, that the life is in the blood. In Genesis chapter 9, we learn that life is in the blood. When Cain killed Abel. God said his blood is crying out to us. There's something about blood. Amen. When Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. And when Adam and Eve came to God. You read it in the book of Genesis. I believe it's chapter 2 or 3. Three, And they came. It's Genesis chapter 3. And they came. And they had sewed fig leaves together. And they came to the Lord. And they said, we've covered ourselves. And the Lord said, no you haven't. Because you cannot do that with the curse of the ground. You have to do that with an animal. That's why Cain had to bring, that's why Cain had to bring 
Amen. A blood sacrifice instead of a fruit sacrifice. That's why his sacrifice was ejected. Because, amen, it's the blood that taketh away sins. It's the blood that washes away sins. And when Adam and Eve came in their, uh, 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 I used to call it Kmart fig leaves. Praise God. When Adam and Eve came with those fig leaves and stood before God, God said, that's not enough. You've got to have blood. And so he brought them coats of skins. There had to be a blood shed. And that blood that was shed and put upon the door and upon the lintel. Amen. Let the death angel know that he was not going in there and cause a separation. A separation. Amen. And that allowed Israel to exit Egypt. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may have a new lump, as ye are unlearned. For when Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. You see, just like the lamb in that tabernacle plan, or in that tabernacle, or I'm sorry, in that exodus, in the Goshen land, when that lamb was crucified and that blood was put upon the doorpost and the lintel, that death angel could not come in and separate them, praise God, or cause death. And just like when Christ died on Calvary, his blood, amen, fixes us so that we can, we will not be separated from God. In Ephesians 2 and 12 says that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you have, praise God, you have once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, amen, <clears throat> when they took that blood, and they put it upon that doorpost and upon that lintel. When that blood, praise God, was there. That blood was the representation unto the death angel again. And it told the death angel, you're not to enter here. And God was showing us how that the blood of Christ on Calvary can keep us from being separated from God. We can now come to God because of the blood that Christ did. And remember, I told you before, we, I read to you, they just did not leave Egypt. They were thrusted out of Egypt, praise God. They were pushed out of Egypt. You don't just go out quietly whenever you come to the Lord. You, there's a force behind that. You want that, praise God. And there's a force. When they came out of Egypt... They thrusted them out of the world. When we come out of the world, we are thrusted out of that world. Praise God. We don't want to be a part of that world anymore. It's not a part that we want to be. We have no more desires to be part of the world. We're thrusted out of that world. When a sinner comes to the Lord, amen, he repents of his sins. He asks God for forgiveness. Amen. There's not this, I'm not sure I want to do it. I'm not sure I want to be there. I'm not sure I want to live for God. It is an I know without a doubt. Praise God. Like Paul said, I count it all but dung. That's waste. That's bodily waste. 
He said, I count it all but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. When Israel came out of Egypt, praise God, they came out of there and they passed through the water. It was a typical of their baptism. It was like our baptism, praise God. Ephesians 2 and 12 says that at that time we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you are once far off for having been brought near. What? By the blood of Christ. It was the blood of Christ on Calvary that did the exact same thing that the blood upon the doorpost and upon that lentil did to the Egypt, to the, uh, Israelites in the land of Goshen. Can you imagine, praise the Lord, the rumor going around about, you know, God's going to take the death. He said he was going to send frogs and he did it. He said he was going to send lice and he did it. He said he was going to take it away and he did it. He said he was going to uh, rain hail down and he did it. He's done nine plagues like he said he's going to do. Nine plagues. And this morning I talked to you and preached to you a little bit about how that, them nine plagues were, were preparing Israel so that they were ready to leave at this plague. And those things you're going through right now is getting you ready. I'm telling you what, we all get older and we all get aches and we get quakes and we get everything else. It, it, it is so funny. When I was a young man, I don't know who it was from Jewett. But when I was a young man, I was walking around Lowe's and I was so excited about buying this and fixing this and doing this and doing this. And kind of in my ignorance, I looked at a young man, an older gentleman from Lowe's and uh, I said to him, I said, do you think when we get to heaven, there'll be a Lowe's? Boy, the look on his face. Praise God. And I'm older, and I'm weaker, and I hurt more, and I struggle more. I don't think there'll be a Lowe's in heaven. Praise God. God's getting me ready. Because when the time comes to go, God's getting me ready. I'm going to want to go. You know, I think that the world is going to get so bad that even the Christians are going to say, come on, Lord. I'm done. Let's go. The Bible says we'll cry, Lord, get us out of here. Praise God. Right now, I don't think as Christians we worry too much about it, especially American Christians, because we've got it too good. Praise the Lord. But I just believe that things are going to get so bad that we're going to say, okay, God, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm looking for a rapture. Praise God. I'm looking for that coming. Amen. And Israel would have never wanted to leave Egypt if God would have not put them through the nine plagues. They would have never been ready for the tenth plague. And when a person comes to God for the very first time, they have to be sick of their life. 
They have to be tired of their life. <clears throat> they have to be, hey man, saying, I don't want to live in sin anymore. I don't want to struggle under condemnation. I don't want to struggle under those things. Once again, when they come out of Egypt, they are going to be thrusted out of Egypt. That that it's going to get rid of them. It is the blood of Christ that's going to cause, hey man, you to be thrusted out of this world. You're going to leave this world like never before. Praise God. But you know one of the greatest things was? God stopped Moses, and he said to Moses, he said, I'm telling you what you're going to do. He said, you're going to start your calendar anew from the day that you leave Exodus. From the day you leave Egypt, he said, I want you to start that calendar. And so I don't know if it was February, March, April, May, June, July, August, but whatever date it was, the Israelites said from this day forward, it is going to be for us January the 1st. Every year, January the 1st was a sign of them leaving Egypt and everything being anew. We pick up on that. Whenever we have a new year, what is it? New obligations. We've got new things. We've got New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do better. I'm going to watch my diet more. I'm going to exercise more. we got all these, praise God, New Year's resolutions. Why? Because everything starts anew. We like anew. Well, we live for God that's anew. And when you came to the Lord, and you asked Him to forgive you of your sins, and you went to Him in baptism, and He washed away your sins, and you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you started a new life. The Bible said you are a new creature in Christ. Behold, all things are passed away and behold, all things become new. I don't know about you, but that excites me to know, praise God, that there are some things that I've done that I don't have to worry about anymore because I'm a new creature in Christ. The day that I exited Egypt, the day that I came out of that thing, praise God, is the day. That I became new. <clears throat> I don't know if you thought about it. But them Israelites. Were sitting in that house. It was dark. They had their candles burning. They had the blood upon the doorpost. And upon the lentil. And they were sitting in there. The Egyptians. Were in their house. Some of them may not have known. I'm sure by now. Most of the Egyptians knew what was going on. They'd heard rumors. They say there's going to be hell tomorrow. Hell came. Moses says the hell's going to go. It went. Moses says there's going to be flies. So what did Moses say about tomorrow? Moses said there's going to be a death of the firstborn. So they, what do we do? Well, in Israel, they took the lamb, put the blood upon the doorpost and upon the lentil. They shut the door. They did all the provisions. 
they had bread without yeast. Yeast is a sign of sin. And when, uh, just like if you put yeast in bread, it rises, it magnifies. And that's what happens when you sin. Your sin, sowing seeds of sin, will bring much more sin back upon you. All Adam and Eve did was eat of the apple, or eat of the fruit of the tree. Scratch that, what I just said. Fruit of the tree. Praise God. And then it multiplied in one of their sons killing another. Praise God. So they had bread without yeast. Praise God. Unliving bread. It was also a sign that they're not waiting. I'm telling you, when you come to the Lord, I hope you don't wait. I hope you don't say, well, I'm not sure I want to come to God. The Bible said they were thrusted out. Praise God. I just, you know, I, 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 I also can compare that to what Jesus told Nicodemus. <clears throat> Man must be born again in the water and the spirit. And when a baby's born, I'm telling you, that mother puts it out. <laughs> Praise God. It's thrusted out. But I could imagine these people sitting around their houses, looking at their candles, and hearing the screams of the homes of the people. Some of the Egyptians, I believe there were some of those Egyptians, because the servants went out and got their cattle and brought them in. So why would they not say, what is Israel doing? They're putting blood upon their doorpost and upon their lentil. And they're taking their lambs and they're slaying them. Well, it took more than just putting the blood upon the doorpost and upon the lentil. And so, you know, I mean, if they went out there and put that blood upon the doorpost and upon the lentil and they didn't separate that lamb right, it wasn't going to work. You see, if you don't do according to what the word of the Lord says, you can look at God's word from the outside and try to mimic a Christian. But if you're not, if it's not, if you don't have it down all the way, it isn't going to work. <clears throat> you need to have everything that they needed to have everything that the Lord told them to do with that lamb, how to divide it, what to do with it, how to burn it, how to cook it, et cetera, and et cetera, et cetera. And when it comes to your salvation, you got to do everything according to what that book of Acts tells you to do. Amen. 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 But I could imagine him sitting in there and hearing the screams of the people who had houses with firstborns, their cattle firstborn dying, their children firstborn dying, their parents. And I could imagine, I could imagine them sitting there <clears throat> and all of a sudden getting a chill down their spine, wondering if the death angel was checking their door. Praise God. I could imagine somebody running down the street and a little rattle and against the door. And I could imagine someone inside thinking, <clears throat> I'm the oldest. I'm sure it's going to take care of me. I'm sure they were grateful for that blood that was upon that door. And even though tonight we're not standing around thinking about how that blood is going to take care of us. There's going to come a day when we do get to heaven and we're going to look back and we're going to be able to sing that song like we've never said it before. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Praise God.
how precious that blood is. How wonderful that blood is. Hebrews 10 and 19 says, Therefore, brethren, <clears throat> having the boldness, we can enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Christ that's going to allow us to enter into that holiness. Let's stand today. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read to you something that you're going to see in your lifetime. You'll see this. You will be there. And you will see it. Revelation tells us what you're going to see. It said, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren, and if you don't know who that is, that's the devil. Do you realize the devil's running around just like he did with Job and he's saying, you see that preacher? He's checking my life. He's checking my relationship with God. That preacher, he fouled up. But the Lord's like, yes. But he asked for forgiveness. And now he's covered under the blood. But that guy killed somebody. But the Lord's like, yes. But I, he's covered with the blood. And that accuser of the brethren, who accused them before our Lord day and night, has been cast down. And they, which is us, overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony lets me know that I was in the frame of mind to where I held on to that blood. And I knew what I was singing when I said, when I sang them songs about the blood. <clears throat> I will pass, I will pass over you. I knew what I was singing because that was my testimony. Praise God. Because one day I went to an altar. One day I asked God to forgive me of my sins. And one day I was buried in his name because the Bible tells me that just like I, he was buried, I was buried. Praise God. Amen. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did, love, they did not love their lives until the death. In other words, they were willing to die. Praise God for God. You know, there are so many scriptures that talk about going down with the Lord in baptism. Buried with Him in baptism. Praise God. So when I went down in that water, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I came up out of that water, buried with Him, praise the Lord. It was the blood that saved my soul. We're going to sing a song, and I'm going to open these altars up tonight. Praise God. Why don't you just come and thank God tonight for the blood? Thank God for Calvary and what He spent. We may not be sitting in a house today. In the next few moments, 
realizing that the death angel is crossing. But it doesn't take any more less importance of what God has done for us by giving us Calvary in that blood. What are we singing? Come on, let's come on around around the altar tonight, church. More of you. Come on, let's come around the altar tonight. Let's thank God for that blood. Let's thank God for that blood tonight. Yes. And yet I hunger still. Empty and bare. Lord, hear my prayer. The sun went down that night. Israel, they were slaves. They were poor. And they were sickly. But when that lamb's blood was put upon the doorpost and upon the lintel, that very next morning, The Bible said they were wealthy. They were free. And they were not a sick one among them. And it all was because of the blood. And that's what the Lord has done for you. It's the blood that's taken away your sins. It's the blood that's healed you. It's the blood that's given you life.